Chegar? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle Kanan, and you're listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Radically Selfish is a movement, it's a personal revolution, and so I'm talking to women that have personally revolutionized their own lives and taken back the definition for what it means to be happy, healthy, and to do things their own way. Fuck what society tells you to do, you get to live the life that you want. Hi, this is Michelle Kanan, and welcome to this new episode of the Radically Selfish podcast. Today, I'm talking to the urban priestess, master intuitive, and spiritual guide, Vanessa Kadorn-Yu. Yeah! She guides truth seekers to connect to the deep wisdom of their intuition so they can tap into their internal power and create the lives they were born to live. Wow. We're talking about tapping into your own internal GPS and how to awaken and develop our own intuitive skill and the life-changing moment when she could no longer deny who she truly was and everything she is capable of. So sit tight and listen to our amazing conversation and you'll learn how to tap into your own intuition too. Thanks for joining. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle Kanan, and you are listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Today, I am so excited to have my first psychic guest on the show. This is the amazing Vanessa Cadorniu. She's a psychic mentor and a hypnotherapist. And I'm really excited to talk to her today about intuition, about the reality behind the world of coaching and making our dreams come true, and all the other gifts that she has to share because this is a woman that has been in the industry and in the world of healing for a while, and she knows what's up. So I'm really excited to have her here sharing her gifts and knowledge with all of us. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi. Thank you for having me, Michelle. My pleasure. My pleasure. I mean, I have questions to ask, of course, but at the same time, you have such a connection to your intuition and to your sense of right and wrong and where you want to guide the conversation and what we should talk about. So I'm a little bit tempted to just be like, what do you want to talk about, Vanessa? What is on your heart or what's on the tip of your tongue that you want to dive into right now? Ooh, thank you. So when I breathe in and I allow myself to be here really fully, and I think that one of the messages that's always been a message is that we truly do have what we need within us. And specifically in the work that I do and in my own journeys, like our intuition, right? Our inner knowing. Now, is it layered with, you know, our upbringing and our society and our cultural influence and maybe religious? Sure it is. At the same time, what does that mean? How can we connect to that? And also the second part of it, how important it is, especially at this time when we are bombarded by so much information in the outside world, it's, the world is getting faster and faster with, you know, with social media information. And I love it. It's still overwhelming. And why is it so important now to tap into our intuition beyond, you know, how cute it looks or pretty it looks with that crystal on the forehead mm -hmm. and all the amazing pictures on Instagram, but like, what does it actually mean for us, you know, women out there doing our thing and then shining brightly? So sure. how would somebody know if they're connected to their intuition or if they're connected to their like patterning or to their ego or to like their shoulds? Like, is there a clear sign or is there a way that somebody can tap into it if they're just getting acquainted with that part of themselves? Absolutely. And I want to start out with just defining it because I think it's important for us to have some base, you know, basis for understanding. To me, it's like knowing without knowing how we know. Carolyn Mace, who is a medical intuitive, New York Times bestselling author, says that it's 
being able to read translogical information. When you hear the words translogical, it's beyond time and space. For example, we're at home, we think of someone, and boom, the phone rings, and we pick it up, and we're like, oh my God, that's the person I was thinking of. Or we just get some sort of feeling, and then we bump into the person, we get an email, something happens. That's part of our intuition. So intuition is traditionally made to be very mysterious and very out there, and this gift that maybe a few have. And the truth is that we're all wired to receive and send invisible information, right? So it's energetic information. Now, since this is always happening, we can be someone who's in a good mood, walk into a space, and maybe there was a fight that broke out in the space. Maybe there was something that happened in the past. Maybe there, it was a scene of a violent crime, things like that. I mean, these are real things. And we can walk in and go, oh, I feel so sick. What's wrong with me? Did I just eat? You know, Am I getting food poisoning? Am I overwhelmed? Did I not sleep enough? And it, it could just be that you walked into an energetics and a space where the energy is overwhelming or unpleasant and you're just not accessing it. So these are all real things, not to get us hyper aware and scared of, uh uh-oh, where am I walking into? When we are aware that we actually have this ability and that we're wired for it, we can then take a moment, right? And your question was, how do we know? So one of the most important things that I do like in my trainings and I've done in my own journey is to take some time to really spend some time alone. You know, and I know some people can't do it, but spend some time alone without TV, without computer, without phone, and just allow yourself to be And in that space, as we allow ourselves to be, asking after we allow ourselves to be for a while, just breathing in and connecting to our bodies and just being present, maybe resting, picking up a notebook, something we could write with our hands and a pen or a pencil and asking this simple question, which is, what do I need to know right now? When this pops up, when we ask this question, paying attention to what comes up, it could be an image, it could be a word. It could be like a peaceful feeling or a stressful feeling. It could be something. And I say to really pay attention because we experience our intuition in different ways. So there are tons of people who say, hey, I have a gut feeling. Like I don't have gut feelings. I either hear it, I see it, I just know it, clear cognizance, or I literally, like a guide is telling me, Vanessa, make a left. What's where you have to go right now? And I'm like, but, and I'm arguing with my guide. And so we need to first understand that one, we're all wired to receive it. And two, that we need to pay attention and give ourselves some patience and time to figure out which is our mode. It could be a combination. And then when we know the next level is, you were asking about how do we know if it's our ego? How do we know if it's not? You know, intuition tends to be repetitive. So if it's like, don't go out with that guy, don't go out with that guy, that girl's not right for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. And you're like, what's going on? Mm. And it's repetitive. It could be also really simple. You know, I'm guiding an intuition boot camp now where people are like, oh, my information is so simple. I'm like, well, it has to start somewhere. We can't get a download, you know, of a, a testament in the Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can't get the intense download or this huge chapter if we're not even opening the door to receive the first messages. Our higher self, which is our deepest wisdom, our angels, our guides, and also our intuitive system needs to also know that we're ready to receive it. So paying attention to how we receive it, knowing that it's repetitive and knowing that it's usually objective. And I want to explain what that means. So a lot of people tell me they're afraid to listen to their intuition because they're like, oh my God, I don't want to hear that my grandma's going to pass. Oh my God, I don't want to hear that I'm going to get laid off. You know, they tell me this. Firstly, I'm somebody who rather kind of stare the lion in the face. I don't want to think that the lion's coming in the dark. I'm kind of somebody who will like open the door and be like, is the lion coming? Hmm. And I think that's why I'm open to, okay, psyche, intuition, guides, what's up? When intuition is coming and it's not a fear, it's usually objective because it's coming from that wise place within us that knowing place that doesn't layer story on it. Our ego 
goes, oh my God, my boyfriend's going to break up with me. What am I going to do? How am I going to move out? What am I going to do? We're supposed to get married. You know, the whole blah, blah, blah. Your higher self, your deepest wisdom goes, you know, maybe you should reconsider this. It's not the best for you. And you're calm when you get that because there's no story attached to it. What will happen? What will people think? Oh my God, I can't go through this again, dating again. You know, all the things that we do. And so pay attention to how the information comes. If you're stressing, I can't go to this interview. If this starts to happen, where's the speed and stress and anxiety? It's your fear. It's a previous experience. It's something like that. What I'm hearing you say is that A, we're all capable of, we're all able to tap into our intuition. Yes. And that there's many different words or ways to do that. Well, first of all, sensations, right? It could be a voice. It could be a vision. It could be a physical feeling. Also that there's different names for intuition, which could be like spirit guides or angels, or it could just be like, I feel it in my guts or something like that. Exactly. It's awesome. I love it because sometimes new age or like healing lingo can seem out of touch for some people. So then they just like dismiss it right away, you know? Can I ask you a question though? When, if you got like a download or a message from your intuition, could that trigger your ego? Like, could you get like that kind of hit and then you freak out because you're, maybe you're not ready for it or because then you know it means like, okay, if I listen to this, I'm going to have to change a bunch of stuff in my life and then Absolutely. it like triggers? Absolutely. Such a great question. That's what happens to a lot of us. So when I first start working with people, you know, in intuition training or even in coaching, I ask them to give themselves permission to not do anything about it. Because, you know, especially anyone who's working with me, they're a go-getter. They're spiritual. They're a go-getter. They're somebody who wants to transform or shift or change or grow and expand. So how about giving ourselves permission to receive that guidance and not go? I mean, it's hard for me, right? Because I'm like, well, this means... And if we could give ourselves that space, be like, okay. And one of the things that I find, by the way, that happened to me and many other people, when we get a download for our calling right? For you're supposed to go out there and help people. You're supposed to go out there, create things. In the moment that we're getting it, we're like, whoa, this is so real. And it's an alignment. There's almost like an expansion and a joy. And I've talked to so many people who've had this. After, that's where we start laying the story. Oh my God, but this means this. And this means that. How am I going to do it? What's going to happen? And I'm going to need investors. I'm going to need this. How am I going to do it? You know, and it's all of this other stuff. And that's being human. That's where we go into story and freak out. And then we need to return to source. We need to return to the peace and the centeredness and the knowing of, well, if I got this and I received this, then there must be a reason I can actually accomplish this and let myself chill about the details, you know? And it's hard. I mean, easier said than done. Right. I can just share with you that when I was 19, which was quite a bit of a go, several decades ago, I wrote a letter to the universe saying, hey, use me. And I thought it was through creativity. And there is a lot of creativity in my work, but I thought at the time as I was in film school that it was going to be that path or as a storyteller. And it was like, well, use me and allow me to support people through inspiration and help people grow. And I mean, I wrote that letter and it was like, boom, they're like, hello. (laughs) And the wisdom was like, you're not going to be a filmmaker. So sorry, but it's good that you're taking film class. It'll help you. And yes, you'll be creative in your life. And that's not really what you're going to do. And I'm like, mad. You know, I'm 19, like, (laughs) how dare you tell me what my life is going to be like? And then I spent, I guess, a good maybe 15 years running from it. And I was returning. So running away from that because of what I thought it meant and the layers of it. Because nowadays, you know, being an intuitive or being a healer or having an online business is something lauded or exciting for many or written about. 
But back then, when I was 19, there wasn't even Wi-Fi at the time. So even in the form that I'm working now did not exist back then. And so I would give that advice to anyone. If you're receiving some information that seems too big to handle for you, allow yourself to sit with it as much as you can and not try to make story around it. I ran from it so much, but it kept coming back to it that I'm like, you know what? Let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really relevant point that you're bringing up. And I know a lot of people and women that I work with and also in my own life too, we've had that experience of like knowing clearly something that we desire or something that we're meant for on a deep, deep level. But then the process of going through, like, how do you get to that point? And it's not only logistical, right? Like it's the fear of how do you make it real? Am I that person? Like, am I good enough to do that? Like, what's my identity? Yeah. And then like, what are other people going to think about me? And, and there can trigger like so many things inside. So how did you overcome that? Or how did you like walk through that? Especially because back then, and there wasn't that kind of acceptance or that kind of knowledge necessarily. Like, what did that look like for you? I came dragged and kicking and screaming. No, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I do want to share a quick story for anyone that is listening who maybe had an experience. You know, I will get back to how I got through it, but I want to set up around it that, you know, for some of us, intuition is really shut down because of religion or belief or culture. Mm-hmm. People will say it's out there, you're crazy, especially back in the day. Thankfully, you know, I'm Latina, my parents are South American, and Catholic based growing up in a Jewish neighborhood. It was pretty open though. And at 16, I came home with this Ouija board and my mom blindfolded me. I don't recommend that. Please don't do it to your child. <laughs> and, um, and she said, let's see if this, what you're telling me is true. And when she blindfolded me and flipped and moved the Ouija board over, she started asking questions and I started to receive and hear and know and see and feel. What happened is, and then when we took off the blindfold, I had seen the woman with red hair with the little boy by the river telling my mom, take care of Willie. That's my dad's name. Wow. I didn't know who she was. I found out that was his ex-girlfriend who died with a child in a car accident by a river. I did not know who this person was. And so it was so in my face at 16, like you have this gift but yet there was no container for it. So I had some support in that my intuition wasn't shut down. It wasn't told you're wrong, you're crazy. There was nothing that looked like a respectable career, Mm. right? At that time, so many years ago. So my mom was like, well, that's great that you can do it. I can do it too. But, and then I found out I was like fourth generation medium that my grandmother had done and my great grandmother. They all kind of started coming out and going, but don't do it publicly. Think what happened with me is that my great desire to heal myself, you know, I saw a lot of things that I didn't feel were in alignment as a kid. I was like, the earth could be so much better. It was just an aware from a young age, watching the news, watching the movie Roots impacted me, watching my parents having their discussions and arguments. I was like, we're here to grow. Hmm. We're here. And so my great desire for my own healing and my own connection and listening. Like I felt my ancestors calling me back to the earth, calling me back to ritual. And so because I did that so much personally, and then, I mean, on the physical plane, I did have, I worked in media. I kept getting laid off or the company would sell out. Like I showed up, one of my jobs, I actually showed up and they had locks on the studio doors. <laughs> I mean, what more of a greater message? Like, God is like, nah. <laughs> you know, it's like, honey, you need to like, but I was always doing what I did. I think that one of the signs for anyone, if you're afraid to make the big dream come true, 
but you're still energetically creating some of it in your life. Like people who want to have a restaurant and are always maybe having dinners or serving food with great pleasure. There's something there. People who are gathering people, right? People who are working on their own healing and want to share that. Like we're already doing the bigger work, maybe on a smaller scale, hmm. maybe on a non, maybe we're not charging for it, or maybe it doesn't have a structure of a business. I found that, you know, I was holding circles for 15 years in my home for free. I was still doing readings for years and hypnosis and other things in classes, very like charging very little. And it was always growing alongside my career and other things. So the way that I finally was able to face it is that incrementally I started to realize this is the thing I always come back to. Hmm. What makes me, me, what allows me is to be connected, to be centered, to listen to higher wisdom and then to share that with others, hmm. right? So as much as I love reading people, which I do, I love to help people connect to their own guidance. Mm. And I thrive when I see other people shining in that way. So, so it was just too huge. It was too overwhelming. So did you have like aha moment or a straw that broke the camel's back yes. moment or like, yes. or like a dark night of the soul moment? Oh yeah. My <laughs> life was a whole dark night of the soul moment. <laughs> so it's so interesting because people, and I know that I've cried this and I think many of us were like, I've climbed the 150 stairs. Or I've climbed the 50th mountain. When do I get there? It's like, there is no there. There's mm. no here, right? And in 2012, I was in a mastermind and I knew that I wanted to take my business online now. And I was working with a coach and that year I was so excited. I needed surgery. And promptly in October, I had surgery, was laid off the day before the surgery, had the surgery, had a romantic breakup with somebody that we'd been back and forth for six years. So it was like a lot. And it felt karmic. And then on December 21, 12, which was the end of the Mayan calendar, which people were writing me on my blog going, is it the end? And I'm like, no. I wound up having a car accident. Oh and so I'm there going, wait, I told everybody we're not going to die. Am I dying though? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And that morning, so that's the straw that broke the camel's back. So here I am laid off. I have no money. I'm using my, you know, my savings to pay for medical care. I now have no relationship. So all the things that make you who you are, right? That you're thinking your relationship with your partner, your title or your job or your means of survival, all these things start to break away. And two months after the surgery, I'm in a car and my mom has a bad feeling. She's like, you know, I'm going to pray. And I'm like, I'm going to do Reiki on the car. And I think as we were driving to Florida on a family vacation, my foot was in front of my parents in the car, like right in between their seats. And I was leaning back without a seatbelt and I heard sit up so you don't break your back. So I did. I heard make sure they have their seatbelts on. And I asked, my mom did not, thank God she put it on and take off this chunky bracelet, which I had this big thing and I took it off. So you won't get hurt. And then I'm like, can you let me sleep now? Like I did it. And cause it's 6.30 in the morning and we're driving and suddenly the tire explodes. My father starts to like careening into a huge truck and I'm literally holding on and I'm going, wow, like I didn't even go full time. Like um, work, work, work. My chart is about work. The 12th house and 6th house and 10th house are lit up. But <laughs> it was like, I didn't have a baby. I didn't write my books. I didn't do the work fully, like fully visibly. I didn't put my work first. I was scared. Like all these things started to flow. Like, how can this be? I have so much to give and do and experience. But I kept hearing, you're fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. And my father's able to turn the wheel, which he couldn't at first. We, I thought we were really crashing into the truck. And we started to roll down. And as we're rolling and I'm holding myself into position, I just keep saying, I didn't negotiate. I basically said, okay, if I've got to die, like, can I hang out with my family? Can I support them when I cross over? Can I channel through someone and maybe still co-create the work? You know, I was like negotiating these things really quickly. And they keep saying, my voice kept saying, you're fine, you're fine. And when we landed, we were upside down. 
my parents were hanging from the ceiling with their seatbelts, but I was sitting on the floor, which was the roof, right? And I didn't know if I was dead or alive because I was in shock. I was like, and I noticed I didn't have any glass. I was like, what am I? And then I realized I was alive because I reached out and helped them mm. and hooked them. And then my brothers were screaming and people helped pull us out. But as I crawled out, look, glass shattered during that time. Pots and pans flew because it was a two-week family vacation in Georgia in a house we all rented. Nothing hit me. Mm. Didn't lose an eye. No glass in the face. Literally, I had one black and blue in my arm that held, I felt, I always say it's the angel that held me in the seat. But as I crawled out, I was like, now, Vanessa, you have no excuse. <laughs> We've held you. You've been held through breakup, through layoff, through no money, through this, through that, through now. A car, like this threatened your life and your well-being. And so to be frank, even though now it's six years later, I wake up every morning and as I place my feet on the ground, I give thanks that I can walk because no seatbelt and going, you know, turn, the car turned around three times. No back issues till recently a little bit. That was stress, right? Nothing actual. Just changed my life. And at that point, I was like, listen, I've got to do this. And then I created a nine-month program online and also resolved to never settle <laughs> for anything, you know, for any relationship like the one that I was that broke up right before the accident. And the job wasn't a bad one, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, it had to take that, like that extreme proof for me to be brave enough. And then that's it. Never went back. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, the question that comes to me next is, do you think that if we were all really tapped into our intuition, it wouldn't take those kinds of moments for us to do what we're here to do? Like, or do you think just as humans, like we all have to just go through the shit, <laughs> go through something crazy like that as a goal? I find it interesting, you know, because like I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was holding circles now at that point, 16 years for free. I was working with teens. You know, I was already two decades in doing this work, but not full time. But I thought that was okay. I was being a responsible adult. And so I think some of us need it. And I think some of us, I've met some people who are just born that way. Like they're like, I'm just going to do whatever. Mm. And sometimes people have such extreme loss when they're young that then they take really huge risks or they're very, very privileged where they were raised in a way where there's a lot of support and you know, financial stability where they can go be painters for five years and fail miserably and it doesn't matter. And then they find that working in South Africa or any part of Africa or Asia or Latin America is their thing, right? So I think it's different for all of us. But I think for me, it was like, let go of being responsible. You know, I'm not somebody who's ever even run up their credit, had their credit card. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's always been a level of intense responsibility in my life. Hmm. And that was like, well, you're being irresponsible if you don't show up for your calling. Hmm. You know, so I don't think we all need it. But some of us do. Mm -hmm. You know, wow, that is an amazing story. I find that a lot of women that I talk to on this show that they have that. I mean, I'm not even Christian, but they have like a come to Jesus moment like that. We're really forced to confront something in our lives like that's so totally out of our control that sort of like slaps us around a little bit. It's like, hey, you know, or shakes us by the shoulders. And because, I, Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, this is like, yes, we can do our work while we have our jobs. For some people, that's their full path because maybe they also have kids, they have other things. All I can speak on at this moment is that I was supposed to do this in this way, that I was supposed to do it in two languages, that I was supposed to create stuff online, you know, and having a job in the day for quote unquote security wasn't going to allow me 
to be healthy enough and free enough to travel and do all the things. But yeah, I thought I had already like all these come to God has come to Jesus. And I was wearing a blessed medal that one of my students gave me. It was a Durga medal, the Hindu goddess with many arms. I'm like, girlfriend came through in that car accident because I don't know how I held on to that, to that seat without rolling around. It totally, I was like, thank you, Durga. <laughs> you know, so I was really happy. I was, and I never wore it before. When we went in the car, I'm like, I feel like I need this today. And I put it on. I think that it's beautiful when we're meant to fly and we're still holding onto the ground. Sometimes we will experience things that catapult us into the air. I had a psychic read me before that happened that said to me, your wings are bigger than you can ever imagine, Vanessa. You know how to fly very well. You know, and I'm like, it's easy for her to say, but you know, I was thinking that. And then when that happened, I mean, it was still really a little nerve wracking and scary. I would have preferred to have been able to save money, you know, before I did all that. I didn't, but I was able to then make what I needed and more by just sharing what I knew already. I had already accumulated it, you know, it was there. That's awesome. It's so good to hear you talk about your journey and your experience because I know a lot of the women who listen, they have similar dreams for themselves. And it's so easy for us. And I know this experience too of saying, oh, when my finances are like this, or when I have this much money in the bank, or then I'll do it, or it's not a good time now. I'm going to wait until I feel like I'm ready, you know, and and we could say those things to ourselves in perpetuity, you know, so to have a woman like you on the show that has done it, has like walked the path that took the leap that had to trust that she knew how to fly. It's really important to hear stories like yours. They're really inspirational for me and for the women that listen to the show. Thank you. And I wanted to segue that into a little bit into, it is really important to be inspired by stories. And it's also, you know, coming back to ourselves, like what is right for us? Because there have been a lot of clients that have come to me like, oh, my coach told me to just leave my job and I did and now I'm suffering. Some people cannot create under duress. Okay, I actually can. And now thankfully I don't have to anymore. You know, I was like, all right, that was a phase where I had to create under duress. A lot of people can't create when they feel constraint and constriction. It's always expansion, right? And pleasure that expands us. So let's keep that in mind that you have to know yourself where if anyone is saying to you, you need to leave, you need to leave. And that fills you with more dread than you know how to manage. I used my ritual. I'd already been doing energetic practice for two decades and my connection with the divine too, where I was like, hey, if no one buys this $9,000 nine-month program, I'm going back to corporate. So y'all better support a sister, help a sister out. And then there was like, literally within that 24-hour period, two people purchased it and it was like 18K, right? And so it's like everything, but I was really like, we're in co-creation. And just bringing it back, just really anyone who's listening and wants to make a dream come true, yes, we do sometimes need to jump out there and learn how to fly. And also know yourself because... I have met quite a few people who've jumped out of their business and then didn't do anything for a year or even prayed and prayed to get laid off, got a lot of money, like got all of their pay, but were so stressed out that they weren't at a job that didn't create anything in that year. So, and for me, the struggle was to try not to create out of lack. I was like, it was a lesson in manifestation where it happened quickly, but it was also like, whenever I got scared, I was like, okay, co-creation, I'm not alone and I'm fully supported. And if I'm fully supported, everything is available to me. And how am I showing up? And what am I inviting in? And that is something that we have to know that we're wanting to do and can do. I am really happy the conversation went here because in a way it circles back to intuition and being connected with your 
self because a lot of, you know, in the coaching world or in the healing world, there's a lot of focus or there has been historically on like the guru and that kind of relationship of giving away your power or thinking that you don't have the answers or that you don't know what's best for you. So when you enter that kind of relationship with somebody, you can lose your power in that way, or you can just listen to how that person did it and think like, okay, well then that's the way that I should be doing it too. So I'm really glad that you brought this up because the path is different for everybody. And to be asking yourself that question of what do I need to know to learn to ask yourself the questions and to treat yourself as that kind of authority and to know that you have everything inside of you is so crucial, especially when you're walking into that kind of relationship with somebody where you don't lose your power and you don't lose your autonomy and you don't just blindly invest money in something because you think it's going to be magic and you think that it's going to give you all the answers that you have to be in that relationship and you have to walk that path with the person that you decide to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were talking about this earlier about how, you know, the images online, you know, and what is sold to us, like do this and your life will be wonderful and perfect. Well, maybe you're really not that person who's going to thrive being homeless, you know, and working from home to home to home, you know, there are people like that who are like, I really want to be location free. And then they are. And then they're like, wow, it didn't work out, which was great to find out. I think exploration is big for me as an ENFP, right? So, it, but knowing ourselves and knowing that we don't have to follow a path. And if a coach or a guide or even an intuitive or a psychic is saying something to you and you're like, mm, I don't know, I don't think so. It's okay to take what serves you, leave behind what doesn't. Because at the end of the day, I think too, that our soul is initiating us into owning our power. So that may look like, you know, being in a car accident and crawling out and being like, I'm going to go full time. It can look like, you know, recovering from cancer. It can look like leaving a really long-term marriage that isn't satisfying. And it can look like also planning out a great business while you still have a job and getting those investors and up-leveling and doing whatever you're creating. And so it can look differently for all of us. I'm really, again, I'm like, I'm so glad we're talking about this because even I get seduced by it. Like you see those people on social media that it's just like a snapshot of a perfect moment. And it's a list of results that may have happened this week or may have happened over the past like 20 years or may not have even happened at all. You know, like I sometimes get so overwhelmed online to just see like my feed just full of like everyone's a coach everyone has the answer everyone has the free five things that if you do this you'll get like that dream result and it creates actually such a distaste for me like I hate it like I try to find you know I deliberately don't use the word coach in my work for multiple reasons one of which is that I'm not I never went to coaching school. I never got a coaching certification, you know? So again, for me, it's a lot of this practice that you're talking about of what did I need to know? What were the lessons that I learned for myself? Like, and then how can I connect with other women that resonate with that and need that too? And how can I work with them and empower them to do that as well? Instead of like, I have the answer for everybody. And here's like that perfect snapshot of my perfect life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And we can all be seduced. You know, I remember this was a story. So many years ago, I was crying because people that I knew were spending like 12,000, no lie, 15,000 on their website and their photo shoots. And I was like, I can't do that right now. And I was washing the dishes in my kitchen in, in New York City. And I was like, ah, you know, and Literally, I heard like my inner voice is like, child, do not weep, you know, <laughs> doesn't usually talk to me like that. So we don't know who that was, but it was like, do not weep. And 
you keep showing up in service and you will be guided to where you have to go and you'll be uplifted. Don't even worry about that. And it's so interesting because that person, the two people that I was like crying and comparing myself to, you know, within that year after spending all that money, left the business anyway and went back to corporate, you know, and so that was their journey. So I've learned now not what, you know, don't allow ourselves to think, not to allow myself, but inviting everyone else to not put up these blocks that are not real. You know, you can have, I mean, the truth is I'm rebranding right now, but I've been successfully in business five years and you can't really book a session with me on any of my websites. I have several websites. You can buy a program, you know, a business program, you can do intuition. You kind of have to write me and my assistant to get a session or to even chat with me to have, to see if we could work together. And I did it because the first year was overwhelming. And so somebody looking at that might go, oh, she doesn't even know that this is what she has to have. And it's like, no, honey, I've been doing this. It's all good. It's all expanded. And so... So I think not judging for the worse and not judging for the better, right? Getting away from that of this person doesn't know because this doesn't look like that, or this person knows everything because it looks like this. I love how you just said the blocks that we put up for ourselves. Like I never thought about how what we choose to tap into in the media or in social media or like with the people that we surround ourselves with can be on a subconscious level blocks that we create because they rise up our fears and we don't know how to deal with them yet or like keep us small because you know we keep seeing messages of people that are better than us like that's such an interesting way of thinking about it absolutely and you know when i first came out not to be confused with the urban priestess in california but the urban priestess is my business name and i am a priestess and i lived in new york all my life urban priestess and i remember being told you know by pr people you're never going to make it you're never going to succeed this is not going to work i mean over and over for people who are big names by the way and you're not going to do this you're not going to do that because you don't have this and you don't have it was just like what would they and they had never done a session with me so I didn't know any of that work. And it's so interesting because I'm still standing and the people that maybe we've, they highlighted who were more commercial or what, you know, like I did a mindfulness class and I asked the kids, it was in New York, what do you think of when you think of mindfulness meditation? And they said, you know, skinny, white, blonde women who are rich, et cetera. And I said, well, it's because it's on every cover of Time Magazine, et cetera. And so expanding what is, and sometimes experts will be like, well, you're not commercial. You're not this or you're because of the website, because of your look, because of your work, because of the title. And that's where we're also being initiated into our own self-validation. And that ties back into intuition because to truly be intuitive and to own it means that you do not allow your reality to change because someone else doesn't validate it, right? So building a business as a conscious entrepreneur, yes, we need coaches and we need to learn from others and to talk and share and have dialogue. Of course, beautiful collaborations come and breakthroughs. At the same time, what resonates true for us? You know, I knew that at that time that was my title. Now it's shifting, you know, it's transforming. And so I stuck with it and it served me at that time. And so, you know, I've, people have said to me, oh, you know, if you're a psychic, you're never going to be able to get the news because people who are highlighted in the magazines and so are, are coaches or more into certain specific like confidence or this or that, like you have to become more commercial to succeed in this. And again, you know, my work keeps growing and my faith is that at the right time, at the right place, the publicity comes. I haven't tried to get any. Maybe I will later on this year, but it has come in different ways through podcasts and some blog articles, et cetera. And so being in alignment with that truth is what's going to help you navigate it, whatever it may be. That makes me think about, you know, I, I was really specific and clear when I chose the name Radically Selfish for the work and I got a lot of 
push back for it too. But in a way, when I think about radical selfishness, I think about just being really tapped into myself, into ourselves, into learning to listen to ourselves first and foremost as a way of being connected to intuition in that kind of way. You're that kind of woman. And I think that when we can be connected in that way, when we're aligned, we can receive the truth and also receive like what's coming to us. Like that's being in flow, you know, that's like trusting because you know what's right for you, that everything that needs to happen is going to happen. It'll happen when it needs to, and that we don't need to be frenzied. We don't need to change who we are. We don't need to pretend like that it's all happening. And I, I use that sentence a lot for myself and for my clients, just as a reminder, it's all happening. Yes, absolutely agree. And I love that name. And I think it is. And, you know, as um, Latina, my mom, I remember she's my biggest supporter, my biggest fan. But at times, you know, she did judge me in the past, like years ago, because even though she was a journalist, she left everything to have her kids and take care of her life. I mean, take care of her family. And she'd be like, oh, you're being selfish because you want to go be creative. I was getting married many years ago. And I remember she's like, well, now that you're getting married, you know, you should give up your belly dancing classes and your belly dance, your shimmy sisters. And, you know, all this retreat that you do with the spirituality stuff and all the circles because you need to focus. And I'm like, he would probably leave me if I did. I would leave. If I left me, he would leave me because that's what makes me, me and exciting. And now she's like grown with time and been like, yeah, you're totally right. I'm so glad that you never listened to me because I know what feeds me. And if what feeds me disturbs you, well, I'm sorry, not sorry. That's so powerful. If I left me, he would leave me. That's so brilliant. You yeah, forget that, right? Totally. Because we're taught as women, you know, I'm doing improv now. I know that our I'm looking at our time too, but I'm doing improv now. One of the things that I said to myself, well, why was I not interested in it before? And one of the things is because it wasn't really my culture. I think that it's very American, very white. I am American, but it wasn't something that I connected to. And now here in central PA, I'm like, well, there's not that much else. Let me try this. And now I love it. But I can tell you that I see women and they don't usually go up to the stage first. Okay. When one of the people has to start, they tend to defer to the man. Men will do anything. They'll grab their crotch, talk about sex, talk about dicks and tits and beers and this and whatever. And women might or may not, but not that they have to, not that it means anything, but they back off. And for myself, I realized, wow, this never attracted me because I was invested in also being a little people pleasing at least, or a lot, and also being seen as attractive and having, being you know, out there and crazy and ridiculous may not be attractive. And I was like, wow, it hit me. And this is a recent thing. Like, here I am, I think I'm an empowered woman. And now I'm on stage and I'm seeing this. And I was like, it takes bravery to go to the next step and allow yourself to just be, you know, the full gamut of emotion, ridiculousness and foolishness without worried about, you know, does your hair look good? You know, or some level of ladylikeness or sexuality or sensuality or femininity or whatever it may be. Niceness, right? <laughs> yeah. And I told the teacher that. I said, oh my God. He goes, oh, I didn't notice that. I'm like, no, you wouldn't because that's society that, you know, I'm seeing it now in the space. And so I think that if we all took care of ourselves more and paid attention to that, like I'm not letting that go. My three hours of improv a week are like the place where I get to be present. I'm present in other areas of my life, but that's a present where it's out of comfort zone. I can't control anything. I don't know what's happening at all. I'm co-creating on stage with people. So I think even to feed our creativity is important. Yeah, it's so cool. When people think of 
spirituality, right? They wouldn't think of like an improv class or something like that. And so with intention, with awareness, like we can make anything that kind of experience for us. We can tap into it in so many different places in our lives. So, so whoever's listening that doesn't have like a healer near them or <laughs> think they have resources or access to like anything can be that kind of experience or you can turn it into that kind of lesson or way to connect with yourself. So yeah. Absolutely. Like what scares you a little bit and intrigues you, you know, what's the thing that you're leaning into and leaning away from at the same time? And what's the thing that keeps coming up that keeps calling you back? Like I studied acting 20 years ago and then I thought, okay, forget it. I'm building my business in other areas. And now I just took a character development class and I'm doing other things. And I'm like, oh my God, I could do a one woman show. That's like on my bucket list. So it's like after two decades coming back, allowing ourselves, maybe we let go of something 10 years ago, five years ago, two months ago, and they can naturally come back as a cycle, right? And be like, oh, now the door is open. Let's walk through it. That it doesn't have to be one way. So I think that goes for business. It goes for love. It goes for health, wellness, creativity. I think those are incredibly wise words and questions, self-inquiry questions to end our conversation on. But I just wanted to give you an opportunity. Is there anything else that you wanted to share or say or let our listeners know? Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And I would invite each and every person listening to take a moment, you know, every day and just breathe in really and just check in with ourselves. And first of all, see where we're at without judgment, without pushing, without what do we have to do next with just being. And then the next thing to maybe even jot down a message you might get, allow it to inform you throughout your day. It's not a homework, but just this allowing. And when you're about to make decisions that are really important to get into that space again, not to do it just from the head or just from the emotional point of, oh my God, ah," you know, or this is the way it must be to really just drop in. It's like, what is the best outcome for me? What is the one that serves me the most? Where am I being guided to? Yeah. And reach out if you're interested in knowing more. Yes. First of all, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your time. I learned a lot from this conversation and that's a really good reminder for me about being, you know, and just connecting in that kind of way. So please tell people if they wanted to connect with you or find you online, like how could they do that? Great. Thanks. So in English, it would be vanessacodornu.com and intuitiveleverage.com. If there are any Spanish speakers and they're interested, vanessacodornuenespanol.com. And I am on Facebook as Vanessa Codornu and on Instagram as Intuitive Evolution. Perfect. And I will make sure to link to all your stuff on our show page and post about you on Instagram too. So all our followers and listeners can check you out. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much, Vanessa. And thanks everyone for tuning in. If you have any questions, any feedback, any thoughts, write me, shoot me a DM, leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. And I look forward to connecting with you in our next episode. Have a great day. Thank you so much to our amazing guest, Vanessa Cadorniu, and to everyone for tuning in. If this episode awakened something in you or inspired you in some way, please leave a rating and a quick and easy review. And of course, share it with someone that you love too. We'll see you next time where I'll be talking to another incredible woman who's doing her damn thing because, well, if you don't do you, then who will? Stay blessed, everyone.